0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. Um, this week we're going to talk about Roth conversions and backdoor Roth contributions to strategies that allow higher income earners to contribute to these tax advantage vehicles. Um, we're going to discuss sports gambling and it's you know popularity now um, uh, and then how you know, we kind of use it or, or don't. And then finally we're going to talk a little bit about travel enjoy the opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and they do not reflect the opinions or views of fc advisory the financial coach group or the new wealth project nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice Welcome to episode fifty-seven of Untalked. This is Megan.
1: And Mike. This is Jeff. Did you guys know that the different colors of the Fruit Loop cereal all taste the same? They're not individual flavors.
0: They're just
2: colored. They're just colored. I mean, I, I would say I didn't know that, but I am it's not like I when you say it, I'm like, yeah, they're just different, you know, food coloring on the mm-hmm. same cereal.
1: I think you are like grossly under, like, under, like, downplaying this. Like, my mind is blown. <laughs>
2: so my mind like,
1: is blown. You
0: when, set us up for this though by I, saying If, it's if I
2: have ever ate Fruit Loops, when I did, when I was like twelve, little, I wouldn't like avoid the yellow ones because they tasted different. You know, like this revelation. It means Fruit Loops and
1: Apple Jacks are the same damn cereal.
0: Yeah, just mm-hmm. sugar.
1: Just different colors.
0: Of sugar. I will say though, my recollection of Fruit Loops consuming is that some bites do taste different.
2: This is a, it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun.
0: <clears throat> Where do we want to start with our wonderful city of sports?
1: Just drop a nuclear bomb on just on the city blow of Philadelphia. It all up yeah i mean i I watched the Phillies the entire year.
0: <laughs> we know
1: like I was in mm-hmm. they were they were hanging on they were a game and a half, maybe a two and a half back from the Braves coming into this series and lost all three games I mean got swept by the Braves. It's over mathematically it is over
0: you know what the problem is. We haven't Girardi. done a pod in a while, and you didn't have the chance to bitch about them, so right. that they turned it around and played well. Yeah,
1: so they're done. It's over. Um,
0: Think Bryce wins the MVP?
1: No, because they're because his team is so bad. So no, my predictions on Bryce getting MVP, Wheeler getting Cy Young, and winning the division have I, I mean over over three. Over
0: three. <laughs> All right, so we can stop talking about the Phillies. That's a win for me.
2: Yeah. So what are they, like 500? Is that where they are, a 500 team? They may end
1: up 500. Yes, they may. They may not. I mean, they have three games left against the the Miami Marlins, who they never beat. The record right now is 81-77. and Okay, so yeah, they're going to be a 500 team. Yeah.
2: If they... I would argue that... Four, maybe all four teams are 500 teams now. Right?
0: All four. You think the birds get the 500? I
2: think they have a chance to be fun. Now, okay, we should probably talk about them. Very good chance that they go 2-14 or mm-hmm. whatever. But they could win six games, seven. I don't know. I think that, yeah, the birds You can't be as bad as they were for the next for the rest of the, the season the, it's not possible they won't be 500 no way the, are, the eagles
0: yeah that's what we're talking about no they, they'd have
1: to win they'd have to win eight games mm-hmm. at, at, and they still wouldn't be 500 they play seven oh no they play 16 it's the nfl it's 17 they, it's 17 weeks but they play they have a bye week so it's 16 games i
0: right? thought it was si- Oh, uh I, I don't know yeah you're right there is a, always a bye week there's
1: no way they're gonna they be 500 uh my, my my guess is no they will not yeah win i
0: don't think the games. birds get 500 either
2: they're not as bad as they they played. they're just not
0: I have no faith in Jalen hurts. he looked completely out of his element
1: he is he does what a lot of these new quarterbacks do that can run. they look at their first receiver if that's not available. they just run mm-hmm. and he's not Lamar Jackson. he's not mm-hmm. talented enough mm-hmm. to get away with it by the way, Lamar Jackson has a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. And he's a better quarterback. Jalen Hurts is not that. Yeah. I felt like he was exposed. Bring on Flacco, baby.
0: <laughs> no, it would be um, Garner Mich- Mishnu. Garner Minshew? <laughs> the, the stash?
2: He's our yeah, he's he's next too. I'm pretty sure. Flacco's Flacco.
0: like 64.
2: <laughs> the Birds are. All right. So maybe they're, they're well below 500, but the other two, the Sixers and the Phillies. Meg, correct me if I'm wrong about that. Like you would expect a 500 season next year out of them, probably. The Sixers? Yeah. No.
0: What do you think?
2: They'll make it to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think they'll be better than 500.
1: Hmm. They're gonna, dude. They're gonna put Ben Simmons behind them, and it's just—I
2: mean—we're gonna take off rocket ship.
0: Yeah, I'm not that optimistic. They'll be better than 500. Okay, but
2: though. we were saying that this is like the low point for Philly sports collectively, and I don't—I yeah. don't necessarily think that's true. Phillies are 500 the birds are you know have a lot of work to do the sixers yeah. are you're, you're saying playoff, team. playoff yeah. team you know not a, not not a favorite to do anything and the flyers are like a a a better than 500 <laughs> team probable playoff team doubtful that they're going to do anything either but that's not like disaster how do you not consider it disaster
1: we're not going to see a championship <laughs> from any of our teams for at least a decade
2: <laughs> at least a decade I, how do you even <laughs>
0: That is the craziest statement, but I, I guess if we're measuring only by championships, yeah, it's the lo- it's a low point. What but else like, are we here for? Like,
1: why do you else know that playing? only one team yeah, in, there's, every there's like in every sport wins a championship? We dude. have four teams. We have so four does chances. every other
0: city in the country, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Like, if if championship is the bar, then everybody's team is at the lowest point except for
2: Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay oh,
0: and and no. L.A. and no, it's that's
1: no, you're wrong. <laughs> because if I'm like the give, give
2: me a team, if I'm um, Pittsburgh, the Steelers now they don't have a basketball team, but Pittsburgh is pirates. <laughs> are the pirates good? No, but I'm saying like, <laughs> if,
1: the, I mean, but let's grab a city. You can use Pittsburgh and say you they, they their fans can walk into the sports year and say. Okay. The Penguins are pretty good. Like we have no. a chance. No, I'm just saying like the, the Steelers. They may like
0: Mm-mm.
1: No. They can pinpoint that <laughs> one of their, be their in franchises than this year. They can pinpoint <laughs> that one of their franchises can compete. None of our franchises
0: can compete. Houston. The Texans. No, can't compete with who? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Rockets stink. Do they have a hockey team? I don't even know. I don't think they have a do they have a baseball team? Houston Astros? Oh, they're kinda good, aren't they? But they cheated. So it's like
1: (laughs) I'm just saying for a major city. Utah. For a major city. City. Detroit. (laughs)
2: Philadelphia. To not have Give me Detroit. The Lions? Stink. The The Tigers? Stink. The Bears. The Red Wings? (laughs) Bottom of the barrel.
0: The pistons? The worst of the worst. Guys,
1: Portland. I'm not saying every freaking city
0: That's what has a you team. Just said. You said pick any city.
1: You guys are the worst. <laughs> Give me a major city. Philadelphia is <laughs> a major
2: city. Philly, New York, Boston. Dude, New this, York. New York has has like eleven pro teams <laughs> in it. I mean, come on. L. A.
0: Also, eleven pro teams in it. Two basketball teams, two baseball teams, two football teams.
2: It's not as bad as you're saying. It's bad. It's bad for
0: Utah. It's bad for Houston. (laughs) Yes, it's bad.
1: It's bad for Philly to not have a a team that can even compete. We can't compete, dude. The
0: Sixers are going to compete. They're just going to compete and then disappoint us. Like, they do...
2: Every year, it's been ten minutes. Yeah, are you bitter that you wasted so much of your summer watching the Phillies?
1: No, it was a good. It was a fun ride until it wasn't. I mean, it, I, it was it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I got to banter back and forth with some buddies about it. Um, obviously, not you <laughs> I didn't enjoy that banter, but um, and it was fun to watch Bryce play the way he played because he's he's a stud, dude. I got a whole new respect. And the city has. Way more respect for him after this year than they did going into it. Yeah. Dude got hit in the face with a baseball and then came out and had an MVP year after it. It was awesome. Fun to watch. I'm like, Eagles suck. Flyers <laughs> suck. That's not true. Sixers suck.
0: That's not true that's either. That's not
1: true either. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that they move on from Ben, right? They get a bucket of balls for Ben. And they... what's the, What's this manager's name? The GM's name, Maury. Maury. He 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 works some magic. We get Jimmy Butler back, uh, or uh, another piece. Yeah. And they start to gel, and maybe something happens with the Sixers. Sixers. They're they're my, they're my, the only team that I can see kind of competing
2: in the next twelve months. I don't know enough about the Flyers. The only the only reason that you would be like your ten year comment. The only reason that any franchise would be in that position is if they're run by a bunch of absolute morons who don't care and don't make any effort to improve, which is the vast minority. I, you know, we can think of a few that are jokes and they're going to be perennial losers, but it's not Philadelphia. It's not any major city that has you know reasonably competent people that are trying to be better. And it doesn't take a lot of years to get from mediocre to good. Mm-hmm. Or from bad to mediocre to good, it just doesn't.
0: Yeah, how long is the process taken?
2: Well, I can't comment. The process, on the
1: process. is over. Yeah, we can admit the process is over.
0: I've never said it wasn't over. You want me to admit that it wasn't a success, and I'm not. This is a hill that I will die on. <laughs> from ten game, ten win season to a fifty win season in four years. To Mike's point, it's not a ten year time frame that you have to turn a team around. to you go from the worst to the top five in your conference?
1: Is I can't believe top five is an achievement. Oh my God. I Yay, my, we're top five.
0: No, I'm I'm saying that the time frame that you're giving us ten years before anything happens. Is unrealistic. I hope we're doing a pod in 10 years. <laughs>
1: I hope we're still doing podcasts podcast in 10
0: years. <sighs> All right. We shouldn't even have talked
2: you're,
1: about Philly sports today. You're,
2: you're like the WIP caller like yeah. who, who is so upset because the championship didn't happen. But yeah, it a very competitive. You just admitted that the Phillies were very entertaining for you, which is really the point of sports, is to entertain and to have you engaged and in, into it. And I'm sorry that championships don't result from every. You know, Dude, season. The Phillies haven't made even made the playoffs in like a decade. It's pretty awful. Well, yeah. Don't. I mean, I'm I'm not defending the Phils, but I'm just <laughs> saying, if if the, if the standard is championship or everybody sucks, that's not fair.
1: Okay. You guys enjoy fifth place. <laughs> have fun watching fifth place.
2: You have fun watching non-playoff teams.
0: That's what you just said.
1: I am allowed to be dissatisfied
0: with it. Oh, my God. This is the dumbest. All right. We're moving on. Let's move on. <laughs> Top five?
1: Oh, we have articles to talk about.
0: Roth IRAs. Oh. Retirement savers love the backdoor Roth IRA strategy. It might not last. This article is from the Wall Street Journal, and it was written by Anne Tergesen. So there's discussion and legislation. Um, that is, I guess, pending approval that could make some changes to the current strategies known as backdoor Roth IRA contributions and Roth conversions.
2: So Jeff, why don't you explain for our listeners what a Roth is and what a backdoor conversion is? So you want me to explain Roth? Yeah, real quick. What's a Roth IRA? So
1: you can, you you make a contribution to an IRA. You do not get the deduction for it. It grows tax deferred. You take it out tax free. So in my opinion, it's way better, way more powerful than a traditional IRA. The issue with Roth is if you are a single filer and you make more than one hundred and forty dollars you cannot make a Roth contribution. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a couple and you make... I think it's over like 208000 You can't make a contribution to it.
0: Right. So there are limits. There are income thresholds by which you're ex- essentially excluded from making this type of contribution. Yep. Which in addition to that, you're only eligible, even if you're under those thresholds, to contribute $6,000 a year if you're under 50 or 7, 000, under current law, $7,000 a year if you're over 50. Yeah. So, so you- it's low limits, and then you have these income phase outs
1: Yep. Yep. So- That's going to phase out a lot of people. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people, couples that make more than 200 grand that cannot make contributions to this great vehicle, which allows you to grow your money without taxes and then take it out tax free. Like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. We see so many people that all their money's piled in their 401k and then they retire and they want to take it out and they pay taxes on it. Like, Mm -hmm. and it may not, like, people get obsessed with, yeah, but won't you be in a lower tax bracket when you retire? Like, let's say I'm in the 30% tax bracket now because I'm working and we're making money. And maybe I'll be in the 15 or 20% tax bracket when I retire. I don't care that I'm in a lower bracket. I don't care that I could have got a deduction while I'm working. I want to have a couple hundred thousand bucks or a million bucks in a Roth IRA that I could take money out tax-free. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, people get obsessed with, But from a tax standpoint, it's better for you now to get a deduction on your IRA contribution. I think that's foolish. So if you make too much money and you can't put money into a Roth um, contribution, you can can make a contribution, a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA and then immediately convert it to a
0: Roth. So this is the backdoor strategy that's being described, yep. right? Yep. So you make a non-deductible, so it's an after-tax contribution to a traditional IRA. So you don't get to you deduct can't it. deduct, and then you immediately convert it, or it's like a, a transfer. Yep. You move it from your traditional IRA to your Roth IRA. Yep. And then it continues to grow tax-deferred, and then again you take it out tax-free.
2: Yeah. So if you take a, an example of Someone who's 72 years old who has a million bucks in a Roth IRA versus someone who has a million bucks in a 401k. Mm -hmm. It's night and day. Yep. Because Mm -hmm. there's no required distribution on the Roth. You'll have to take it if you don't need it. And it continues to grow tax deferred. And it's not if you do take money out of it, there's no tax due on it. So it's literally like twice as valuable, if not more.
1: Absolutely. And nobody's doing it.
0: <clears throat> so for for people who exceed those income thresholds, we have the backdoor Roth strategy that you just described, and then we have what's known as a Roth conversion where you can take money out of your traditional IRAs, you can pay the tax on it now, and then you can, again, transfer it into a Roth at which point it allows it to grow tax-free or tax-deferred come out tax-free. There's no income threshold on that type of transaction, and there's no amount too big to convert meaning There's you no can convert how much yeah you can convert five grand you can convert 50 grand so the conversion and the back door are two ways that people who exceed those income thresholds are able to accumulate Roth dollars
1: but nobody does it because they're like I hate paying taxes mm-hmm. well sure and they're just missing the boat that you're gonna pay taxes on it at some
0: point right but what we're now talking about is that it might not even be an option.
1: If they do away with that, man, that is just going to be a kick in the, just a kick in the, in the groin. Um, I don't know why, Mike, do you know why the Roth started? Like, where did that come from? Why would the government allow us to grow tax deferred and take out tax free?
2: So that they can get their, their tax, tax dollars now, now instead of waiting for RMD time, you know, for traditional IRAs.
1: There, it, it's. I think. I think they're gonna have. They're going to have to change it because it's just such a valuable account, right? So when you think about Roth IRA, <clears throat> you also want to invest that money like super aggressive. Number one, because it grows tax deferred and you take it out tax free. But also, like if you were buying stocks, me. and they and and you just and you hit a home run with a, a stock or two and
2: they go through the roof. You don't pay capital gains tax on it either, right? But that's also part of the potential provision, which is capping what you can even have in a Roth at ten million, and that all came as a result of Peter Thiel, I think it was, who um, put some shares of a private, of a startup in his Roth, and it it was a grand slam times a hundred, and it's worth tens of I forget the number, but it's like insanely valuable. Which to your point, it's like. The most valuable, there's no cap gains. Yeah. There's no tax when he takes it out. It's like, and, and the government's like, oh, that's not fair. We can't do So now all this this is coming down the pike, like capping, having income thresholds on who can even convert, convert to a Roth, which again is kind of puzzling because if you're the government, don't you want, let's say a, a high earner who's converting a significant amount into yeah. a Roth to pay the tax right now? Um, and then who cares? It's like, I'd rather have tax dollars now than in 40, 30 years. Right.
0: And why right. does Peter Thiel's example that is one in 100 million right. have to impact the, I'll say the the common or everyday, you know, dual income household who make two to 250. And I'm not saying everybody makes that, but like those are the people that this affects, right? Like the the people who the conversions can be super valuable because it allows them to build a different bucket of of money for, and remember, Roths are also super valuable because while they're deemed retirement accounts, they're far more flexible than you know, your 401k or a traditional IRA because you can get back your money without any penalty, without any taxes. What's put into it, you can get back because you've you've already paid the government what they're due. Yeah. So to to make it harder for these vehicles, to be used or put, or to eliminate more people from using them just seems so silly. Yeah. It's
2: just targeted at higher earners. It's just it's very clear. They all of these things have the caveat of, you know, income thresholds or capping it at a certain dollar amount. I mean, it's pretty obvious what's what, what's motivating it. I'm just shocked by h- how little people take advantage of it. And I mean, Roth
1: Roth contributions, Roth conversions, Roth um, 401k's, Roth 401k's, like <clears throat> people are so obsessed with how much tax they pay and not giving the government their tax dollars when pretty pretty standard advice for me is do your 401k up to the match. And then you should stop piling money in your 401k unless it's going in Roth. But it it just that that now gets into discipline, right? People if they get more money in their paycheck they're going to spend it rather than save it. But man, don't stop contributing all your money to regular traditional 401k. Start using Roth, take it to the match, and then take that extra money home with you and put it in taxable accounts or Roth accounts. I mean, no one's doing it. They're all just piling in 401ks.
2: Yeah. And the irony of the regular 401k is that if you if there are people who, who just max out for their entire working career and they have large... 401k you know multiple 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 millions and then the bigger the value of that account account excuse me at age 72 the bigger the distribution you Mm -hmm. have to take out and pay taxes on that and when you have marginal tax brackets that go up as income goes up you could be faced with like like a huge tax bill that you have no way of avoiding because you have kind of unfortunately gotten like built too much money in your 401k Whereas you could have just diversified that into, into Ross and, and swallowed the pill earlier in your, in your career and, and been way better off for it down the road.
0: And one step further, under current law, I mean, passing a traditional IRA or 401k to the next generation, you're then putting that tax burden on your heirs, right? So if you have a million dollar IRA that goes to your kid, they have to distribute I mean, call it 100 grand a year over 10 years and pay taxes on that when they're very well likely in their prime earning years. So now we're adding a tax liability to your your beneficiaries, whereas the Roth, again, all of the taxes have been paid. It's an incredible vehicle to pass to the next generation because you're not passing a tax liability um, along with it. So... Yeah, it's a shame that they're not more used. Um, you know, we're big proponents of of the 401Ks and then the conversions. I mean, we see a lot of people who are pre-RMD age and you know, we're in historically a really low tax environment now. So, yeah, let's use as much of the 12 or 22% bracket as we can and get some of this money out. That's what blows
1: my mind too. I mean, I've been working for 20 plus years and The marginal brackets are pretty friendly they're not that bad so if i had to guess 20 years from now are they still going to be this nice they might not be
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i don't think they're going to be better 20 years from now it's not going to be like i'm not going to be in a six percent marginal bracket like they're not going to lower it from 10 to six they're going to raise it
2: yeah i mean agree most likely i think you're right
0: yeah, so, I mean, all this article was all kind of about legislation that hasn't been passed but is on, like, a docket somewhere, so. Talk to your
1: your representatives and make <laughs> sure they don't pass it. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Want to move on to sports gambling? Sure. Sports gambling is a disaster waiting to happen. This is an article from The Atlantic written by Will Leach, Um I don't know if we want to talk about the article as much as we just want to talk about sports gambling generally. <clears throat> what's, what's your all, your
1: all uh, involvement with sports gambling? Anybody, uh, anybody dabble?
0: I'm not a gambler generally. Um, I participate in March Madness. You know, I'll fill out a bracket or two. I've played uh, fantasy. Is that considered gambling for money? Sure. Here and there. But I would say like very little experience.
2: back in the early 2000s the company i worked for (laughs) was involved in a dublin-based online gambling i'll call it gambling but it was a it was a you know a platform in which you could um place yes or no bets so over under you know point spread Election outcomes, Oscar winners, you know all that mm. kind of stuff, and um, really cool. This was the early days of the trying of people trying to commercialize this online. And I opened up an account, threw a few hundred bucks in there, and kind of got like really into doing like over unders on Monday Night Football, like Cleveland versus San Diego sure. or something, and had had some fun with it and closed it down and then moved on. But um, so that was my first sort of like I don't do any, I've never like talk to a bookie I've never done it that way (laughs) and then you know more recently I opened an account with one of the you know sugar houses or something like that because they're offering you know the the $200 you know credit to uh open an account and and so I did that I bet on a couple like Stanley Cup futures and whatnot and you know (laughs) of course lost those but you know I still have a couple hundred bucks in there which was like given to me and I don't I'll probably do some stuff during the 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 hockey season because I kind of yeah cuz it's just, Enjoy fun. That. It's, just yeah. it's pure entertainment it's nothing that's ever going to be more than a couple hundred bucks at, at in in total that i'm like have have gone um but obviously we all know that the, the explosion in the platforms and the advertising the incredible money that's been thrown behind these things and obviously in connection with the uh, the regulatory changes that allow it and the professional leagues getting into cahoots with them as well. And it's just, it's just, and this article is talking about how problematic it all is. Yeah. And I definitely agree. But to me, I mean, it's pure entertainment, but for some people it's for sure problematic. Sure. Hence the disclaimer at the end. Gambling problem. (laughs)
0: And
2: then, um, but, but I mean, it's not that different in a sense from like Robin Hood in the way that they're marketing and promoting Stock trading and making it fun and giving people free shares of stock if you open an account and um, I don't see it being any different than if governments start handing out five free lottery tickets if you you know if you buy one to get people to continue to come back because they're they're given something free and it's it's the whole point of it is to promote and prolong that behavior to have people lose money lose their money essentially because if you gamble on sports or on Stocks or on lottery tickets, over time, you will lose your money. You're going to be a loser. Right. I'm, I'm amazed by that. I was talking to a buddy of mine.
1: We were driving somewhere, and he's like, I got like 30 bets going right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's got FanDuel. He's got BetMGM. By the way, Jamie Foxx got me. I opened up a BetMGM account. <laughs> which, by the way, I, I moved 100 bucks from from my credit card to the BetMGM app. And then my credit card statement showed a $10 transaction fee.
2: That's oh steep. Oh, my God. That's steep. That's because you can't do it off the credit. You got to do it from your bank. I, don't want, I didn't want to link my bank yeah. account. Mm.
1: But I couldn't. I mean, I was blown away at how. And
2: That's, then yeah.
1: I was messing around with it and lost a few bucks. So I added 30 bucks more. $10 transaction fee. Wow. Yeah, every time you add. I had no idea. And I figured that out, and it took me twice. Like, shame <laughs> on me once. Right? Um, but anyway, I'm talking to my buddy. He's like, he's got FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. He's got five different apps. I'm like, dude, why do you have? He's like, well, they give you, like, they give you money. It's like a, a risk-free bet or you know, $200 if you place it. I'm like, how? Me, because I, I think I'm like you guys. Like, I'm not a gambler. I don't like losing money, so I don't do it. And if you're a disciplined person, you can open up accounts and get their free, their free stuff. Because they know if they give you a hundred bucks, you're going to make $500 in bets and you're going to end up losing $300. So they're going to win in the end. Mm-hmm. But if you're a very, if you have willpower, I'll say, you can kind of juice the system a little bit and take their free stuff. Because he was saying every, like he gets emails every day with like the bet of the day or the deal of the day. Yeah. And if if you're disciplined enough, but this is how, this is how maniacal they are, is they know that even if you have willpower, they have a high success rate of probably making you become some crazy gambler.
0: Yeah, and it's gotten so. I mean, obviously, social media has changed everything. But you know, you go onto Twitter and you see people's screenshots of their like seventeen parlay. You know, it's like a five dollar wager, and you could win fifteen hundred bucks if all of these things yeah. happen. And it just becomes, it adds an entertainment factor to the games that you know don't matter to you otherwise. And, I mean, I think the, the discipline and the willpower is all great, but you have a little bit of success and all that shit goes out the window. Yeah,
2: yeah but I think that, Jeff, to your point about the business model of these things, it's very obvious that the, the percentage of people who are the disciplined ones is so small. So yeah. small. And yeah. it's no different in the credit card world with, like, rewards points. So you can yeah. play the same game, and if you're disciplined, you will actually um, – You'll you'll come out to the good because all the people that are not disciplined are subsidizing you. Sure. Um, and so if you if you're that kind of person, I'd say have at it. Like figure it out, take advantage.
1: Yep. So quick story, and then we can move on if you guys want to. <laughs> so last weekend, so I, I share my BetMGM account with a friend. Um, he went to go add. I had him add. Like I put a hundred bucks in it, and then he put a hundred bucks in it. I gave him like my login credentials, and then he linked his credit card and sent the hundred bucks. So then on Sunday, because all we want to do is like bet on the game that's aired on TV when the Eagles are not playing. So it ended up being Tampa Bay and L.A. L.A. last week. So we did 20 bucks on L.A. to win outright betting against Tom Brady. And then we did 20 bucks on the over. (laughs) So we watched the whole game and we're like, right. So we got 40 bucks on the line to win 40. And. We bet against Tom Brady, which was a stupid move. We're watching the game. And you're yelling and screaming and everything. You're yelling every and screaming. And around like halfway through the third quarter, I'm looking at my BetMGM app and I have no outstanding bets. <laughs> because they locked my account because someone who wasn't registered to me put money in the account, so they thought it was being hacked and froze it, and the two bets I placed didn't go through, by the way. Won them both, but didn't win a frickin' dime. (laughs) Bet against Tom Brady, won, took the over, and there were no points scored in the first quarter. Got the over 55 points in three quarters and didn't win a frickin' dime.
0: You're the only person who's trying to pool like uh, gambling. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, it wasn't smart. (laughs) Uh, All right. Travel.
1: Let's do it yeah who's going who's going where who's traveling what are you Airbnb- talking about
2: uh, what's the subject
0: um airbnb's ceo brian chesky is predicting a travel revolution at a conference this week chesky said he expects the industry to bounce back bigger than ever he believes the travel revolution will usher in a new golden age of travel that's more freestyle than pre-pandemic he expects longer stays Looser plans and more rural versus urban visits.
1: I mean, it's not a bad hypothesis, and assumption. Vocab. Based upon him probably thinking this work from home, work remote world has drastically changed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everyone knows somebody who went to Florida for two months last year when their kids were in school because they could do it. Sure. So why not? Why not finally do that three week road trip? Because you can work from home as long as you can land some Wi-Fi somewhere, or work in the in the RV if you wanted to. I think he, I think he might be onto something. I mean, I don't do a ton of traveling, um, but I can see that 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 world changing as he's as he's outlining.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of things from the pandemic, there's pent up demand, right? People are excited to just get out of their house and go somewhere new and different. And I think Airbnb, even before the pandemic, has afforded you a different type of experience when you go somewhere, something different than the hotel. Um, You know, just simply having a kitchen and, you know, maybe being able to select a place with a private pool, like you can, you can create an experience that's, that's different than I, what we were used to in, in getting a hotel for a couple of nights and not having a place to hang out other than like the bed. Yeah, you know. So it, it certainly, I think, lends itself to the idea that we've all been in maybe a little bit of a monotonous stay-at-home routine for the last 18 months. And now as people are more comfortable and feel safer going out and doing, yeah. But I don't know that like I needed the Airbnb CEO to tell me that. Like, it yeah. doesn't sound super profound to me. I mean, maybe some of his items about, you know, I expect people to go to rural places as opposed to urban places. Like, okay. But again, that's because maybe people are still nervous about the pandemic and don't right. want to be in places that are so crowded. Like, right. nothing about what he's saying sounded like drop the mic, oh my God. It was just like, sure. Bry, I can get on board. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, I've personally... Participate, like done that. I've felt more comfortable, and I've done more traveling in the last probably eight months than I did in the last year and a half. Um, and aside from wearing a mask from start to finish in the airport, I haven't really felt like things have been that different than they were before COVID. I went to Mexico and had to get a negative COVID test to come back into the country, but like I've gotten COVID tested here. I mean, like that it wasn't. Yeah. Something that felt so out of the ordinary to me
2: Yeah, I don't know the the um, the whole people are gonna demand more like Unusual or unique travel experiences like going on going into like a tent somewhere Like I I I don't know. I, I don't know if I if I buy that. I'm not sure why that would be Are people just bored with going to the normal? travel destinations i mean i don't think so i think there's pent-up demand for travel period yeah i don't know that there's pent-up demand for some reason for like non-traditional um, destinations like what, what's that yurt yurt, yurts, yurts or whatever yurts. it was yurt
0: yeah. the yeah. yurt guy
2: yeah or a shipping container no you're not looking to spend some time in a no, shipping container no
0: Yeah, I mean I think all of that is just Airbnb trying to be unique and creative mm-hmm. and there's there's people who that appeals to, I think.
1: Um now how is Airbnb different than VRBO? Are they, are they different?
0: I think from the the user side, meaning the person who's attempting to book the trip, I don't know that there's a whole lot different. I mean, I've never I I don't know if I've ever used VRBO. I've only used Airbnb. But I think the general functionality is similar. You get to view properties that are available on particular dates and particular places you're interested in going.
1: I think that whole concept is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like when my wife turned 40, I rented a house in Florida. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was an unbelievable home. Yeah. Dope. And it was like, hey, I got the house. Whoever wants to come down, come down and we'll celebrate. But if it wasn't that, if it's like three couples or three families – I guess people have been doing that for years, right? Within like North Carolina, they have these giant homes where like 20, 30 people go and rent. But it's, it's the access that we have. Yeah. Because I think the rental space has kind of stepped its game up. Like these mm-hmm. people who own these unbelievable homes have said, oh shit, I can like rent this mm-hmm. to people. And like they're willing to pay like a, a decent amount for it rather than it just sitting here doing nothing all year. I mean it's I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. I'm looking forward to doing more of that. Renting like really nice homes yeah. uh, and spending some time in in destinations that I want to get to.
0: Yeah. And I think like the opposite has was proven true too with COVID, though. People who made Airbnb their business, right? And were in the business of maybe flipping or transforming multiple properties to accommodate this maybe interests or, or differing kind of stay experience and then the world shut down. Yeah, And those people who were relying upon that income from people going and doing in their particular city, it it was non-existent. And I know certain places like Nashville, for example, or um, Charleston, Savannah, like these Austin, Texas, these areas that are, and I'm speaking specifically like bachelorette and bachelor party, like destinations have, blown up with airbnb rentals to the extent where like you go onto the website and there are so many i'll say like restrictions about what can or cannot happen how many people can and cannot be in the place and i think a lot of it has to do with these cities like being i don't know if it's like They're just being maybe nervous about like what these properties are being used for and what the transformation of these properties has done to some of the kind of original structures in these neighborhoods. Um, So that's an interesting like element of all of this too. Is that like some people are doing it? I don't want to say illegally because I don't think it's illegal, but I don't think there's a lot of precedent for people transforming these properties into what is just essentially a a hotel.
1: Yeah, that's very thoughtful insight by you, Meg.
0: Well, when I was in Atlanta, we rented an Airbnb and it was in a just a what I thought was an apartment build or like a condo building, and the red, the instructions I was given to meet the person to get the keys, which it's the first time it ever happened. Normally they give you like a code to put into a door and you're in. I I was told to walk 2 blocks away from the building to meet the person. And I was, like, at a bar. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why wouldn't they just meet me here? And they give us the keys, and they're like, okay, so if anyone asks, you're not a short-term stay. Um, like, you you live in this building. And I was like, I I live here? Like, I don't live here. And they're like, yeah, well, we, we rent. So they're renters in an apartment that what I'm presuming is, like, the person who lives there is going and staying with their friend for the weekend. They're getting a grand from me, and... It's crazy. They, you know, there's some arrangement where they give their friend who they crash on their couch or whatever. It's like
1: sublet the to sublet, to sublet. Yeah,
0: like and and I like I, I felt very uncomfortable because that was never conveyed to me, sure. and I was like, what if someone asks? Like, we're walking in with I have a rolling suitcase. They know we don't live here. You just want me to lie to everyone, right? Here. Okay. Right. did so, know that was part of the deal. So it's just like that element of it is obviously creating a lot of opportunities for people to. Uh, me as the consumer to feel uncomfortable but then maybe people to get unique with the way that they're trying to utilize this platform
2: so airbnb gets what a piece of the just a percentage yeah so here's a fun fact jeff airbnb Mm -hmm. is worth 100 billion dollars the company marriott international is worth 50 billion wow 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 like that's staggering what an Amazing. I mean, it's it it's tells the whole story. That's
1: amazing. I, I didn't know that. That's a very interesting fact, dude.
2: So there you go.
1: Interesting. All right. Meet me two blocks down
0: the road. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so it, it's so At a I bar. I got if there. Asks, <laughs> this sounds so shady. Well, and like I don't use. Like the Airbnb um, messaging function, I don't use to the extent that I probably should. Like I usually get the instructions for check-in, check-out. But like if there's anything in between, I'm not looking. I don't have the notifications on. I'm not opening up the app. Mm -hmm. So I have the person's number because they texted me. um, I I don't know. It was like if you need to reach me, text here. So I'm waiting outside the building. It's like a key fob to get in. and And I text and I'm like, hey, we're here. And they're like, you're where? We're at the bar. And I was like, what bar? (laughs) So then he's like, oh, you didn't get instructions. And so then I'm opening the app. Like, we're just standing out there with rolling suitcases. That's crazy. I mean, the whole thing was so, so shady. And they were nice. Like, the interaction was not uncomfortable. But the leading up to it and then the walking away from it, I was like, what did I just do? Like, dirty. Right. I was like, (laughs) did did I do something wrong? (laughs) Uh, all right, we want to go top five. Let's do it. Top five catchphrases from TV shows. Who wants to go? I think I have to go last. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, mean, yeah.
1: I, I really do. I have so many. I need yeah. to like. I don't, <clears throat> don't
0: have want, that I don't many. To repeat. All someone. right. So I, I doubt repeating them. I doubt there will be much overlap, so I'll go first. I don't know if this is a catchphrase. I have a couple that I'm like, eh. Is that your final answer?
2: That's a catchphrase. It it's is a TV show. Yeah,
0: from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Do you remember? There was like a time when everybody was just obsessed with that show. I mean, maybe you yeah. guys weren't. Yeah. I, I,
1: I do remember that there was a time where, everyone like, when was
0: Regis dead. was just on top of the yeah. world. Okay, he's gone now, isn't he? Yeah, I he's think he's dead. RIP. Oh. Yeah. Um. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> I'm too young for the Brady Bunch, but like I know that one. <clears throat> um, that's what she said. From yeah, what? The Office. The Office. Okay. Michael Scott. Okay. Every time there's a remotely sexual joke. Right.
2: Which, I was...
0: Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Which, I mean, is it was overdone. Like he made it very popular and then people just killed it. But now that it's been removed enough, it can still be funny it's fine. Um, clear heart clear eyes full hearts can't lose mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights. Oh, I've never
1: seen these shows so you've
0: good. never seen Friday Night Lights I've never
1: watched it no mm-hmm. like the TV series not yeah, the movie yeah, no, yeah. never watched it oh my god what's the so what's good. the line
0: clear eyes full hearts can't lose oh
1: my gosh <laughs> it's, it's corny Coach Taylor
0: as, oh but it's so good so good and then this is another one I wasn't sure so I have you seen The Wire Hey. Omar's whistle
2: yeah that's not a bad one that's, I'll give that a catchphrase I mean I know it's yeah. not
0: words and this is the one yeah. I was describing so. yesterday but yeah. like anytime he's going to f- <laughs> kill someone he starts whistling it's like a cartoon um, I could google what it is but he starts whistling okay. no, like and it's, it's essentially like predator is going to kill his prey yeah, yeah. and it's just so badass rest in peace
2: I'm going to watch it. I, I, yeah, I yeah. keep saying it.
0: Yeah. You are All,
2: right. All right. All right. So I was really trying to stay off the like the mainland grid here because there's a lot of obvious ones. But And Meg, you're not going to know a couple of these. <laughs> the first one is Bill Bixby as the Incredible Hulk in the original TV series. <sighs> Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. That's a great one. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. like me when I'm angry. <laughs> Mm. That's a great one. Um, next I've got from this is rare to have one have a catchphrase in a non comedy, I think, but Hawaii five oh at the end of every episode. Book 'em Dano.
0: Oh yeah. That's
2: <laughs> a good one. My dad used to watch that show. Yeah.
0: At the end of every episode, so every they, episode they, they called the guy. The,
1: the, 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 know, Dan-O. The,
0: That's my biggest issue with crime shows. Yeah. Like one hour and you solve the mystery, it's just yeah. unrealistic.
2: I'm gonna go um, to Jeff's area here and go cartoon <laughs> from the Scooby-Doo series. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. You <laughs> cares a bunch from Scooby-Doo. That's a good one to pick. Pick though. Yeah, and um, this one is a show. Technically, it's a show. It's SNL. It's the uh, Dana Carvey Church Lady. Isn't that special? Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> and then number one, anytime there's a TV show, this is going to be on my list. From what's happening, it's Dwayne walking into the room. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> wow, we I got some wait.
0: voices out of Mike
1: too. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't cross on a few, Mike. All right, what do you got? Um, I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick. Other than, um. How you doing? Yeah, from from friends. From
2: friends. I yeah. was gonna use that. I just hate the show. I yeah. Hate Me too. The show. Me
1: too. But it's yeah. it's a it's a good one in my opinion. I'm gonna go old school with a lot. Um, I can't believe you didn't say dynamite.
2: <laughs> yeah. I
1: can't believe you didn't go dynamite. That was
2: too obvious. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Norm. Yeah. So what would his just just he would walk, walk in the in. bar and everyone went
1: Norm. Uh, no, that's
2: the catchphrase. <laughs> okay, it works.
1: Um, is that cheers? Yeah. So what do I have? I have, how you doing dynamite norm? Um, I'm going to go with, I'll go with, um, Oh man, this is tough for me. (laughs) I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Mr. Cutter.
2: That's a good one. Yeah. I love a welcome back. Yeah. and then
1: number one for me is a you don't even know what that is, Jim. Meg's like, what are you Ay. talking about? Fozzie. Yeah. Arthur Fo- Fo- Fonzarelli.
2: Wait, oh. did, did you call him Fozzie? Fonzi. Yeah. Okay, okay cool. yeah,
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. With the thumb, too. Both yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: thumb, thumbs.
0: All right. Well.
2: You could also have done from from Cotter. Oh, 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 oh raising his hand.
0: I've never felt more left out of a top five yeah, than lines. I do Sorry. right now.
2: Well it go, okay. just goes to show you like the old school sitcoms had, you know, catchphrases yeah. were part of the deal. Yeah. Now they don't really do it. Thank God. Thank God. Well, thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Until next time.
2: See ya.